0: My name is Tom Gaddis, host of What's the Secret podcast, and if you want to learn to define your life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman.
1: Guys, welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to have you here today with Tom Gaddis. Tom always wanted to be self-employed and free from the butt smooching of the corporate world. He wanted success bad enough that he struck out to follow the entrepreneur's dream. Starting from zero, Tom embarked on building a local marketing consulting business and promptly fell on his face. Um, but he persevered and learned from his mistakes. After achieving success with his local marketing, Tom leveraged his experience and knowledge to start teaching others online. Now, through this website and his new What's the Secret podcast. He's going to be sharing with you exactly how he did it. I am super excited to jump into this interview with Tom. This is going to be super amazing. Really quickly, before we do that, if you are somebody who feels like there's something missing in your life, you're somebody who's just not sure what direction you're supposed to be going, you've spent so much time, effort, energy, getting to where you are in your career and you just don't feel fulfilled, then the Define Your Life Mastermind may be for you. You'll get clarity on exactly what every area of the life will means to you. Figure out what your perfect life looks like and be able to build a business around the life that you want to have. If you're interested in learning more about that, please go to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Tom. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tom.
0: Yeah, aloha.
1: I like Aloha to start everything. Hawaii. Yeah. We <laughs> we won't tell everybody that you have like this amazing view every time you walk outside in Hawaii. Yeah.
0: From it is so great to, to walked, have you um. here.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. So um, my favorite part about your introduction is this like fall on your face thing. And this is what I talk so much about on this show, and why I'm so passionate about talking about failures and comfort zones and all this stuff is because I feel like there's so many examples of where people are at now. You know, new entrepreneurs look at what's going on and they think, man, I could never do that because I might fail. And they don't realize that the entrepreneurs that they're looking at have fallen on their face more times than they can count. So I love that you brought that up.
0: Yeah, well, you know, one of my things that I say all the time to everybody that will listen is never let failure go to your head. That's my favorite saying because- you know, you always hear never let success go to your head. But like, I think it's more important that you don't let failure go to your head, because that's the, that's the reality of the beginning, right? Like, you're going to try things, you're going to do things, they're not going to work out, they're not going to go the way you want. And I really feel that the way we respond to those types of things is the biggest indicator of whether we're ultimately going to succeed or not. Not so much how we're going to, how we're going to handle success. Like I guess in the big picture, that's pretty a relatively easy thing to handle, but how do you keep persevering when nothing's working? You know, for me, when I very first started, there were just lots of things that didn't work, right? Like I was a corporate restaurant manager. I worked for, you know, I worked 55, 60 hours a week. I had no control of my schedule. There were, you know, I I liked the job, but I was miserable doing the job, right? Like it wasn't, You know, it's like, it was good money. I enjoyed it. I was good at it, but man, it was not the lifestyle that I wanted. You know, I didn't go to bed every night thinking, boy, can't wait to get up and manage that restaurant tomorrow. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, work. So, yes, you know, for me, breaking out of that was really hard and I wasn't very good at it. It actually took getting fired. That was pretty much what it took for me.
1: Isn't it amazing how, you know, those things that you think are awful, that you think are the worst things to ever happen to you, end up being like the best push that you need in the direction that you want to go? Like nobody thinks, man, I got fired and it's great. Um, and then all of a yeah. sudden you see what it opens up for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, at the time it was very not comfortable, but um <laughs> You know, and even, even after it happened, like, you know, for me, so like I got, so my, my idea was like, Oh, we're going to move to Maui. I'm going to start a business. It's going to be great. I'm going to get out of the restaurant biz. And uh my wife, like the day after we decided to move, she was like, Hey, I noticed this restaurant has a job opening <laughs> and you may want to have a job when we get there. And I was like, ah, I didn't want to do it. So they, I set up and I put in an application, they set up an interview and uh, because I didn't want to do it, they were like, "Well, how much money do you want?" And I like, I gave them some crazy price, and they were like, <laughs> "Okay." I was like, oh, ah. you're like, "No." Yeah, I was like, "Oh man." So, but anyway, so then I get fired like eight months in, and I actually started collecting unemployment because I thought, "Okay, well, I'm going to start a business. It's Going to be easy, right?" I got yeah. nothing else to do. Got no job, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'll just start this business. And uh, oh my gosh, it was pretty painful. You know, I was like. <laughs> Searching everywhere for something and buy, you know, buying, a ton, buying just a ton of stuff, books and how to succeed and all this stuff. And <laughs> just, none of it was like coming together. And uh, finally, I, like, I remember I got this letter from the unemployment place and they were oh like, no. yeah, they were like, listen, bro, you've been on unemployment <laughs> for 51 weeks. <laughs> you got one week left and then we're kicking you off of this. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And, uh, what that did for me though, was like, I realized at that point, okay, I have a choice. I'm either going to have to get a job or I'm going to have to make this work. Right. And so in that moment, I stopped trying to figure out what to do and just started doing. I was like, Yeah, I think
1: that that's so freaking powerful because so many people get stuck in the thought. So many people get stuck in the, I don't know what I'm doing. And so they just get paralyzed. People ask me, what's the number one thing that you wish you knew before you started your business? Um, Like, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? And my answer is always that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Like nobody, they just do it. And they figure it out. And then when it works out, they're like, Hey, I meant to do that. And when it doesn't work out, they're like, crap. And then sometimes it works out better than you thought it did. And you're like, Hey, I really meant to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that. Cause I, yeah, that's something I'm, I tell our students all the time. I'm like, you know, cause people sometimes they'll say like, Oh my God, how did you like, they'll ask you a question and you'll give them an answer. And they're like, how did you ever come up with that answer? Like, That is the best, the the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life, you know, and in your head, you're like, well, the reason I know that is because I jacked it up so many times that I had to figure out some other way to do it, you know, or I had such an epic fail at this one point that I was like, I had to fix it. And uh, so most of the stuff that you hear people say, it sounds really pretty, just like you said, but most of it came from utter chaos and uncomfortable situations, right? Just getting through things. And then you're like, oh, now that you're through it, you're like, ah, I see what was supposed to happen there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? No, I'm not. Okay, so she has an amazing TED Talk called The Power of Vulnerability. And it's awesome. But she talks in there, um, actually, so I'm sorry, she does have The Power of Vulnerability and that's awesome. But she has another TED Talk called Why Your Critics Aren't the Ones That Count. That's fantastic, and one of the things that she talks about in there is this person making um, a polio vaccine. You know, they realized that there was this need, and so they made this polio vaccine, and everybody cheers in the in the TED talk. And she says, "And it didn't work," and he made it ninety seven more times. And then it worked. And I'm like, that's entrepreneurism in a sentence. Like I did this and it failed. And then I did it 90 times. And then I finally got something right out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, the other the other um, analogy I hear all the time that I think is really good too is like that one of the entrepreneur, that's the person that jumps off the cliff and then builds the airplane on the way down, yes. right? Yes. And you have to get comfortable with that feeling. And, you know, another interesting thing too about entrepreneurship, when you're first starting and you're not successful, no one listens to anything you say. So when you're telling people like, oh, I know that money isn't related to time, that there must be a way to exponentially grow my income without investing more time. People think you're nuts, right? Mm -hmm. When you have some success, then they're like, oh my God. How, how did you figure out, how you know, how do you know all this stuff? Like, so it's interesting to me that when you're starting, a lot of times you have the thoughts and the correct mindset of what it takes to be successful. But so many people around you are telling you the opposite or telling you that it's not crazy. Or you start to even question yourself, like, well, if this were really accurate, I would be more successful than I am right now. Or I would already be where I want to go. And it's like, how you push that stuff out of your head. You just got to do it. Right. And so when people ask me about starting a business, a lot of times I'll tell them like, it's not for everybody. Like you may look at where I'm at now and go, wow, Tom, you must have a pretty sweet life. You live on Maui, you know, you're have a successful business. You set in your own hours. You don't see the days, the months, the year. I mean, there were weeks where it was like, I woke up on Monday and it was like, okay, what bill is due by the end of this week? And then how can I figure out the money to pay it? All of that stuff you don't see. And almost all of the entrepreneurs that I talk to have all been through that. You have to be able to handle the stress of that to get to where you want to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I started my law firm, I remember reaching out to experienced attorneys, right? And asking them <laughs> yeah. like, what's the best advice that you can give me? And I had been practicing for four years at the time that I started my law firm. So I wasn't this like green attorney. I knew what I was doing in the law. I was expecting people to give me like legal advice and all this. And I remember sitting down with somebody and he says, all right, I'm going to give you the only piece of advice you need to know. And I'm like, okay. And he says, there will be times that you are not sure how you're going to make payroll. The money always comes. I'm like, (laughs) okay, like that's not the advice I really wanted. Like you're not giving me a lot of confidence here, but thank you. No, I love it. And I think that's super valuable. One of the other things that I always like to ask people, because one of the most frustrating things that I hear is people out there talking about how you're born an entrepreneur. Like you're either born an entrepreneur or you're not. And I'm like, this is the most ridiculous statement ever. So I always love to ask people, like when you were a kid, And you were thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up. Like, what did you think your life was going to look like? Because nine times out of 10, when I talk to entrepreneurs, it's nothing like what it really is. Yeah, no,
0: nothing like this. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because too, I've always felt that for me, entrepreneurship is, has been a process of becoming like, it has been a process of becoming like when I started this journey, if you had asked me, are you an entrepreneur? I'd have been like, oh yeah yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. But like <laughs> as I started to do it, I was like, oh my God, I am not an entrepreneur. Like I don't have the discipline. I don't have the focus. I don't have like, I had none of the character, like the seven habits of highly effective people. I got none of them. I realized <laughs> really quick. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And it was like, I had to change my behavior. Right. And become the kind of person that did those things. Um, so yeah, when I was a, when I was a kid, I had no idea. I mean, I wanted to early on, I got interested in magic. And so I was going to be a professional magician, you know, yes, like that I'm just going to be famous, right? Like that's, that will solve all my problems. So yeah, you know, I had no, no inclination of this. And it's funny, I was just reading some book by a entrepreneur the other day, and they were talking about how, oh, when they were a kid, they had this lemonade stand and man they were talking about how they maximize the AOV of all the kids in the neighborhood and like you know how they had upsells and like all the on and of her and I thought oh my god like I that just wasn't me you know that was not me like I would have been like how much is the lemonade I'll take two you know yeah no thought process beyond that.
1: Yes, exactly. So when I was a kid, and I love telling this story because my little brother's a little shit, first of all, that's why. But (laughs) second of all, because it shows how non-entrepreneurial you can be and then still have a successful entrepreneurial life. So my little brother was the king of managing money. At six, he's like counting out. Do you remember the little, like the little penny candies you could get? you go to the store and buy like one goldfish for a penny, like the little Swedish fish. (laughs) Right. So he'd be sitting there like weighing the pros and cons of spending his penny on this like Swedish fish. And here I am going like, I want candy, Right. We go to the store, I'm 10 years older than he is and we're getting ready to leave and I have all this candy and he has nothing because he didn't feel like it was worth spending his money on. And then I feel bad because his big sister has candy and he doesn't, so I buy him stuff. And now he leaves the store with his candy and his money. That's a freaking entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not the other way around. And yet he ends up working in you know this corporate field that he's in and I end up like hustling my ass off in an entrepreneur. And everybody would have thought that the table should have been turned.
0: Well, that's so funny. They say that, you know, you, gosh, you reminded me of something I haven't thought of in a long time. So I have a younger brother. And uh, so this will tell you two things. One, why I'm not a professional magician today <laughs> and also how an entrepreneur I was. So I had decided that, you know, I was going to escape. So we're going to be my thing. I was going to figure out how to escape. So I had locked myself in a pair of Smith and Wesson handcuffs behind my back. And then I couldn't find the key. All right. (laughs) So I am like, I don't know what to do. So my mom gets my brother and my sister together and we go, it's snowing in Oklahoma. We go traipsing out to the car. They're digging through the car to try to find the key. My brother finds the key. And we're like, great. So then he starts finding money all in the seat, you know? <laughs> so then we get in and he's like all excited, counting the money. And my mom's like, where's the key? And he's like, I don't know. Like he had put the, <laughs> like he had lost the key in his attempt to save the money. And uh, so we had to go, we found it. He had dropped it in the snow. And I eventually got free from the handcuffs.
1: I love it. And that's, I mean, in a world of personal development and entrepreneurism where we love to use like analogies, like getting free from the handcuffs, like you could (laughs) just sell that shit. So, (laughs) So what's the secret podcast? What was the driving force behind that?
0: So I started out with a digital agency selling services to local businesses in my area helping them with like websites seo social media stuff like that and once i i started to get some traction with that i like working with clients but also it was very uh time and the money were related right so i'm thinking how can i how can i break that chain of that so i started a company with a um, my business partner nick ponte And we started teaching people how we were getting clients to our agencies because we were having success. So that business like grew super big. And uh, the thing about that business is I wanted an avenue, a place where I could share how we grew that business, how how we took a service as kind of mundane as like, hey, we know how to do websites. And how did we turn that into this, online business that was generating a lot of revenue every year. And we did it in a pretty quick amount of time. We've only been around for, it's been less than four years. So the What's the Secret podcast is really my way to do that. It's a place where I can come on and talk about how we're growing that company, the things we're doing, how to, if you have a service-based business, right? How do you go from that? How do you make that transition from providing the service to teaching other people how to do the service. I talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast. I also interview other people that I run into out there in the business world. So
1: I love it. And that's super, super valuable and super relevant right now, um, especially in the world that we're in, because we're being forced to pivot so much. And I know that people were saying this back in March and April, like get ready to pivot because the world kind of shut down with COVID, but we all expected it to be over by now. It's not over and it's not ending anytime soon, unfortunately. And so now businesses that didn't really take that seriously are hurting um, because they haven't really learned how to adjust to an online world and what other services to offer I think one of the most interesting examples is a massage therapist. You know, you have a conversation with a massage therapist about how they can't massage people right now. And they're like, well, now teach them things about massage. Like you can teach them breathing virtually. You can teach them, you know, meditation, relaxation, things that go along with why people get massages. And it's that type of thinking that people need to shift to if they're going to be successful over the next probably year.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And we're at a time where, what's that saying about planting the tree? Like the the best time to plant the tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is today. I think this relates totally to that because look, we were already building an online business and growing an audience and building a community of people to uh, consume our products and the things that we put out, right? So when COVID hit, man, it was like, all of a sudden we were busier than ever because we had been nurturing that over time. Right. But if you're someone whose business wasn't doing that, now you're in a situation where look, everybody's there and they're on social media. They're more involved online than they probably ever been before. So if you're not taking this opportunity to capture their attention and somehow grow a community around your business I think you're missing a huge opportunity because there's going to be the people that were doing it already that are going to really like, you know, um, continue to grow through all this. And then there's going to be the people that got the wake up call and said, we got to like do this pronto. And they're going to come out on the other side of this better than they, than they were when they went in. Yeah, I definitely. It's not too late.
1: No, I definitely agree. And I'm glad you said that, that it's not too late because I feel like so many people think, oh, I'm behind the curve or, you know, I get into this conversation a lot with entrepreneurs, the, why would I do this? Everybody else is already doing, or somebody else is doing what I would offer. And um, you know, being able to explain that somebody else may be offering the same information that you offer, but nobody's actually offering what you offer because nobody's you, right? So figuring out a way, because I mean, the reality is there's very little unique independent thought that comes in the entrepreneurial world at this point, like everything has been chewed up and spit out in like a million different ways. And so how do you take that and make that relevant for your audience? And so many people get stuck in the, but that's already out there. So I can't do it mentality.
0: Yeah. And I, and that is a, that is another thing that you just have to get over because you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people that are way smarter than me way better at doing things that I do but like they weren't they just didn't do anything right they just said oh well other people are doing that I'm not even going to try and I think 90% of it is just showing up yeah like if you just show up you can figure out the rest but so many people just decide not to show up and that's why they don't get anywhere
1: Yeah. I 100% agree. So where can people track down your podcast? Is it on Spotify, um, iTunes, pretty much everywhere people listen to podcasts or?
0: Yeah, pretty much everywhere. It's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on Google podcasts, all those places. Uh, You can also just head over to my website, TomGeddis.com, And you can see all the episodes there links to subscribe, all that stuff.
1: Perfect. So since you mentioned your website, TomGaddis.com, what is this milk it method that you told me about? (laughs) People
0: always ask me, okay, Tom, like, how did you, like, what was your strategy? Like, because if you look from my business from outside, like you might think, Oh yeah, you started the service business. Then you started teaching people online. Like, how did you get to that point? Well, there was actually method to my madness. And so I, I have this strategy. I call it the milk it method and milk is actually an acronym. So it stands for market, idea, launch, and then the K is ka So <laughs> each, each of those, each of those letters, you know, is a way to start a business. Like when I started my agency, I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, I looked at the market and here on Maui, there's a lot of people that focus on helping the tourist business advertise but no one was helping the real local businesses advertise, the ones that needed, you know, the local people to show up. So I started targeting those businesses instead of trying to compete against everybody else. Right. So, you know, I picked a market. Then my idea was, okay, I'm going to help them bring in more customers. I can do that through direct mail. No one was really doing that. So now since I want to do direct mail, well, what do I do next? Well, we need to launch a direct mail campaign. So I did something real simple. I just had a jumbo postcard. I sold like ad spaces on it, and then mailed it out to the people in the area and it It was something that I could launch really quick to just even see if my idea would work right and get some cash flow coming in and Then the caching part is, okay, now that I had the successful validation of my idea, how do we make that grow? How do I turn these people? that have done this direct mail thing into future clients and get more services from me and expand and all that stuff. So, you know, I use that strategy to grow my agency and then I just turned around and did the same thing to grow the online business. Cause what's my market? Oh, there's other people out there that want to grow an agency. They don't know how to get clients. Right. So I'm going to show them how to do that Then you know, launch a product and then grow it from there into what it is today. So yeah, it's just, it's the kind of like the foundation, strategy and principles of what it takes to really take anything, whether it's a product, whether it's an idea, whether it's a skill, and turn that into uh well I, I always I say turn it into a huge cash cow. But like, you know, to to profit from that, whatever
1: that is for you. I love it. And people can get that at your website on Tomgaddis.com? Yeah, there's actually a free e-guide there. So yeah. Yep. I don't Perfect. have a course
0: on it or anything like that. It's just Something I put out, I, you know, it's so funny because I wanted to do a book around it and then COVID hit and I was like, oh my God, like this info, like I just really felt that that strat, I needed to get it out there and trying to wait for a book and all that was just too long. So I just made an e-guide and stuck it on the website.
1: Well, the cool thing is you can still do your book when you're ready, right? Even though you got the e-book or the e-guide out. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. well, um, There's a
0: lesson. There's an entrepreneurial lesson for you, right? right? Like, just take some action. Get it out there. Like figure it out as you go.
1: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that I love about what you just mentioned is that first part of that, the market, because I feel like people switch it around a little um, and they think, okay, I got this really cool product now what do I do with it? And if you have the product before you have the market, then you have a problem because the product should come from what problem do you solve? And if you don't know who your market is, how can you know what problem you solve for them? And so I think that that's like probably one of the biggest mistakes that I hear entrepreneurs make is like, hey, I got this great idea. Now what do I do with it? That's the wrong question. The question is who do I want to serve and what problems do they have?
0: Yeah, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head because that's the difference between, you know, I think success and failure because somebody who develops their product first, they spend all this time developing it. Then they go out and they try to sell it and it doesn't sell. Like, look at all the time, money, everything they've invested. The approach that I like to do is like, okay, let's find some people that are buying stuff. What is it that they're buying? Like, okay, can we do a product or a service that's around that thing that they're buying? All right, let's do that. Now let's see if we can sell them something. And if we can sell them something, then we expand from there, right? And that that method of growth has served, I mean, it served me really well, but like just for instance at Offline Sharks, you know, the thing we identified right away is like, well, what is the biggest pain point for people that are trying to start a business? Well, they need to get clients and customers, right? Like that's their biggest pain point. So if you look at, any of the products we put out through offline sharks, they're all, they are all that how to bring clients into your business, Uh, some foot in the door strategy, some, you know, something that we've used to bring clients. in. and I, and I think another thing that sidetracks people, especially with this type of business is they don't think the results they get are worth sharing. Right. And I'm going to tell you, like, if you know a way To generate an extra $200 a month. There are a lot of people out there that would love to know that technique. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not having like super stellar results and you're not a millionaire or anything like that, it's okay. Like just share. If you have something that's working and that you're having success with, and you can show someone else how to do it, share it. There are plenty of people out there that would want to know and would implement it and get results.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because this shows up in a couple of different areas. I had never really thought out of it in what you just said with, oh, it only makes a little bit of money, so it's not worth sharing. The place that I see it the most is in the space where I'm asking people to come on the show and talk about their stories, or we're talking about public speaking and they're like, but my story is not strong enough. And I it's so interesting to me because I tell people like that millionaire that you just mentioned that's out there making you know ridiculous money right now the average person that's looking for a way to improve their income isn't going to relate to that they're going to think That happened for him, but it happened for him because of, and they're going to pick something that's different between them and use that as an excuse for why it can't work. The same thing happens when somebody's out there talking and speaking and they've had this near-death experience and they couldn't walk and then they could walk again and now like life's great, right? The average person is like, okay, that's awesome for you and that's really inspiring, but how can I relate to that? And so getting people that just make $200 a month, Extra or three hundred dollars a month, or getting that person that just overcame like a crappy childhood but didn 't have any major health issues to come on and tell their story like they are just as important as the people making the millionaires and the people coming off of like near death experiences
0: yeah, absolutely I, I would argue that you will make more sales and build a community faster if you are more relatable because I do a lot of videos where we're talking about our products and sometimes people say, well like you don't really put it, you like, shouldn't you be having like high quality videos and a lot of production (laughs) lights? And I'm like, you know, actually no, because you know, I want somebody to look at that video. And if they look at that video and they go, Oh my God, if this chump can do it, I can do it. Like, that's really what I want them to see that I'm just a regular guy and it, it can work for you too, if you're a regular person and being relatable to them is I think a really strong key to that. And that, that, piece of being authentic I think is so key to building businesses especially in the environment where we're online and things like that because so many people are out there online trying to make themselves up to be bigger than they are Mm -hmm. if you come in and you're just authentic and you're like look I don't have all the answers but I can tell you how to do xyz like let's go and do that and as long as you're you know a little ahead of where the people where other people want to go, you can show them how to do that,
1: yeah, absolutely and you know social media and especially like Facebook and instagram um really becoming super popular for businesses and influencers have really leveled the game out because in the past, it used to be those highly produced videos that were put out for a particular purpose, and now you'll have like hell, I watched Trent Shelton go live while he's running through the woods and like people yeah. listen to everything that he says, right? Because it doesn't matter where he is or what he's doing or the fact that he's like in workout clothes and all sweaty. Like what you have to say is valuable no matter where it's at. And he's so much more relatable when that happens. I think that's a 100% good point. Yeah,
0: I mean, people want to, want to know you're a real person, right? Yeah, for not, sure. You know, like um, one of the, one of the examples I can think of with that is like, so in my in my business, since I have an online business now and I can control more of my schedule, right? Like I have the ability sometimes to just go off and do fun things and my business runs in the background, right? So a lot of the quote gurus They use that opportunity to fire up a camera and tell you like, look, look at what I look at what what my life is like, right? Like, oh, I'm at this place. I'm here. I'm there. Like my business is running in the background for me. Like what I tell the people in our community is like, look, I'm able to do this because I busted my ass for a year and a half. And now this is the payoff of that. Right. So like, yes, you can have this life, too but you got to remember what you're seeing now is like four days of me not having to do anything, but you're not remembering the 365 days of me working 12 hours a day to get to this point. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people think, why would you say that? It just scared people off. I'm like, no, people need to understand it's real. Like this is the real life, right? Like this is the reality of the situation. It's, you know, not what you see those other people talking about, you know, walking through their garage with 17 Ferraris and you're like,
1: yeah. Okay. So someone just posted a meme and this may lose me some followers. Sorry guys. Um, somebody just posted a meme that said, if you don't have anything, um, valuable to say, just stand next to a car that's not yours. That'll fix the problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, because it's so true. They're like, let me go rent this car and stand next to it. So everybody thinks I'm popular. No, I love what you just said because, you know, the person that says, oh, that's going to scare them off. If, if that statement scares them off, they are never going to make it ever. Yeah. So like being real with them, you know, my coach, it's my favorite thing to watch ever when somebody walks up to her and she's like, gosh, I really want your life. Like, how do you do it? And she pulls out her calendar and she shows them her calendar every day. And they're like, I don't want, To do that. And she's like, then you don't want my life. Like that's what it boils down to. Yeah.
0: You misunderstood my question. (laughs) I just want what you have. I don't want to do I want what you have. I don't want to do what you do. Like there's a difference there, right? And it also comes back too to like, what what do you want for your customers? A lot of times I think, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, some businesses start up just because the goal is to make a lot of money and like that's all they're really trying to do. Um, I think those businesses tend to not last, right? Like I think you really have to have an interest in your customers and the people that find you succeeding. Yeah. Like I really want them to succeed, you know, and it is, you know, over the years I've really come to see it is, it really is just as simple as the stupid Nike saying, like, just, just do, do it. it. Like people are like, no, that, no, Tom, there's, there's gotta be more to it, to that. Like, tell me the real, you know, it's, that's why I named my podcast. What's the secret. Cause everybody yeah. always wants to know what's the secret. What's the secret. Yeah. You know,
1: what's like, the secret. Just do I'm it. Gonna
0: you, I'm going to let you in on something. There's no <laughs> secret. Right. You right. Just, you just it's I love exactly it. What you said about your coach. You just have to do it. And yeah. And a lot of times you're right. If you show people, Like if I were to show people what I've gone through, they'd be like, oh, uh, never mind." (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: 100%. And this is part of why this podcast exists. So this like leads directly into my next question. Um, So many people follow a path they think they're supposed to follow in life. They um, do what they think they're supposed to do in life or they get addicted to accomplishments without paying attention to what they really want their life to look like. And so- I, find, I found that people don't ask themselves enough what success actually means to them. Like, what does a successful life look like to me? And what am I willing to do to have that? So I always like to ask my guests, like, what does success mean to you now? And how has that definition changed for you throughout your life?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think another part of what you said there is it's not just what success looks like to me, but like with being okay with my version of success. Yeah. Not having to live up to somebody else's, you know, for me, uh, success is, you know, I like to be able to not, obviously it's nice to not have to worry about the bills, right? I want to be able to support my family, do fun things with my family, not be tied to a corporate schedule. You know, I want to be able to have, like, I don't mind like I totally know there's going to be a lot of work involved and I'm, I'm down to work hard and do all that stuff. As long as I know that I have some point, uh, I have some semblance of control at a later time at some other point. Right. So, you know, I would, I would say, or I know I work more now as an entrepreneur, I put in more hours than I did as a restaurant manager. Now it doesn't feel the same because it's a, I I can control when I do it. I can control the effort and all that stuff, right? So it feels very different. Um, so for me, it's, you know, that being able to spend time with my family, being able to give my family a good life, you know, being able to do that kind of stuff is really what, you know, what success is about for me. And it it has shifted because I thought early on, like, it was really about the amount of Well, I mean, first, I was so broke when I started my business. Like, you know, I mean, anything was going to be up. Like, (laughs) I was still paying off groceries I bought in 1997. You know, it's like I was, you know, people say I was nowhere near, it was just a mess. My life was a mess. And so, you know, I, for whatever reason, had to get to that point of just being a total disaster to finally wake up and say, Hey, Tom, the reason you're a disaster is because of you, not because of anything else. And now what are you going to do about it? Right. And that was the real shift for me. Now, before that, I just wanted money. Right. Like, I really didn't have a view of success. I just wanted money. Like, I want to be rich. Right. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I just want to be rich. And, uh, but when I got to that point of like, this just isn't working for me anymore and now, what am I going to do about it? Then I really started to shape an idea of like, okay, I don't really need to be super rich, you know? Yeah. it really doesn't take that much. It really doesn't take that much to live a really amazing life.
1: It know? doesn't, especially when you're clear about what that life looks like and what success looks like for you. And I think that um, it, what you said about not feeling like you have to live up to somebody else's version of success is so key. And there's like, so there's like three sides to this, I guess, success triangle. And that's like, what does it mean to you? What, like letting go of other people's expectations. But then there's that other one that we've kind of talked about already, which is are you willing to put in the work to get that definition of success? And if you're not, then maybe that's not really your definition of success. Like, because your definition of success and the work that you're willing to put in to get there should coincide. And if that means that your definition of success is working at McDonald's and playing Xbox 70 hours a week, like that's amazing. If that's really all you want out of life. Um, Nobody's here to tell you differently, but like be honest about it and be like happy with that decision. Like my biggest pet peeve is people who bitch about their life all day long and then don't want to make any changes to fix it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, well, what do you do? Well, I sleep until noon. I, yeah, you know, like ah, oh, you gotta yeah, for you gotta sure, for sure. Well, and there's always like and understanding that image of what success looks like for you too is really good for when you, you know, when you run because there's always going to be. There's always people with a nicer car, Mm -hmm. a bigger house, more money, more, more success. Even when you start to run into other entrepreneurs, there's always going to be times you're going to run into people that are, that are just further along than you are, have more than you do. And the, to not get caught up in trying to get there, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how many times my business partner and I always tell each other, like, we just need to keep doing what we're doing. Like we don't need to be trying to do anything. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. We got a good thing. Like, yep. It's just keep it simple, right? Let's keep it simple and and be, and 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 be grateful for where we're at, right? That and that that thought process. Like for me, when I say like I knew things, like when I decided at that point, like look, things have got to change, and I got to do something different about it. Like the very first thing I had to do was get grateful for what I had. Yeah. Right. I had to get grateful for my life as it currently, like I wasn't happy about it. Right. Cause I didn't, you know, I was broke and I had all the stuff, but like I had to be appreciative for what I had, the things that I already had. And once I started doing that, that opened the door to be able to expand and move out.
1: Yeah. And I'm really glad that you said that because I bring this up so much to people, um, when I'm working with them, that there's a difference between grateful and happy, like exactly what you just said. There's kind of this, this fine line between being really grateful for what you have, but wanting more and not being complacent. Um, but really, truly grateful for what you have. And it's why um, I really encourage everybody to include whatever a gratitude practice looks like to you. You know, I don't tell people what it needs to be. You don't need to go out there and journal. You know, I mean, it can be as simple as like meditating in the morning if that's what it is for you. But just something that allows you to be thankful for the everything that's in your life. Um, And then being able to go figure out what else you want and how you're going to get it. But without that grateful piece, it's, it's so hard.
0: Yeah, it's super difficult. I mean, the that grateful attitude, and it's probably one of the first changes I made. And, and I mean, and, and it just changed everything too, because it's like, then when I started having some success, it wasn't like just, it wasn't about more, 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 right? It was like, oh, I can enjoy the success and like just kind of lean back and relax and let the flow sort of take me to wherever it was going to go. You know, um, it is, it is, it has been a really, it has been a really crazy journey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really weird to me too, to even be on podcasts like this and talk about it. Cause I think, I mean, I'm just me, right? Yeah. Like, I'm the same. I'm the. It's just me. Like, it's just weird to think like, huh, like, how did I, how did I get here? Right. Like sometimes yeah. it seems like it just happened. Like, like, I don't even really know at what point it started to shift, but you know, like it. When I look back on it, it's really all the things we've been talking about, right? It's been the, the, the realization that I needed to do something different, right? That it wasn't about whatever anybody else was doing, that I needed to do something different. And then just the small, consistent actions every day, regardless of whether they were effective or I felt good or I didn't feel good or whatever, to just move forward,
1: yeah, right? absolutely. So there are a couple of things that you said that I want to circle back to because I think they're so powerful. And the first one, have, um, have you read Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck?
0: I have not read that book yet.
1: Okay. So you should do that. Okay. But he has a superhero in that book called Disappointment Panda. And Disappointment Panda is my favorite superhero of all time. I actually want to dress up as Disappointment Panda for Halloween. And he describes Disappointment Panda as sauntering from door to door. So you would really, um, you would really relate, relate to him because he's got like this straw hat on and like this Hawaiian shirt and like this tiki drink. And he's like going from door to door, telling people all the really harsh truths about life that they need to hear, but they don't really want to accept. And I feel like that disappointment panda moment that you have with yourself is the beginning to change. Like you mentioned it earlier today um, during the interview about, you know, just saying, man, like the reason that I'm broke is because of me. And what am I going to yeah. do to change that? Like, that's a disappointment panda moment. That sucks. Yep. So like, I really encourage people to like really have those hard conversations, but it requires so much honesty and rawness that most people aren't able to get there on their own until they hit that rock bottom.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like the, the being the, your ability to look at yourself with some type of realistic perspective is really, really hard to do. And, um, you know, and to be, and when you start doing that, it's like, it's not like you're, there's so many things, I mean, God, there's just so many things that go into that, right? Because you have to be able to be realistic about yourself, but you also have to be able to like cut yourself a break, right? Like there are so many days that it's like, yeah, I would have loved to have done a lot better than I did. And there were probably lots of things I wanted to do. And you know what? I woke up in the morning and I just thought, I'm not doing any of that today. I'm going to lay on the couch and freaking watch TV (laughs) and I'm going to eat ice cream, right? The thing the whole about it is thing of
1: ice cream, yeah, oh, the okay. whole
0: thing, of ice cream, like I'm not going to leave the house. And like, and yes, I had a to-do list and I had things that needed to get done, but I did this anyway. And so what do I do that next day? Do I, do I relive that experience? Because, Oh, well I didn't, you know, like I used to get stuck in this thing of like, now I was just running away from the day before because I didn't yeah. do what I was supposed to do. Right. Now I'm more inclined to be like, Hey, Tom, cut yourself a break. You probably just needed to decompress. Now let's just get back to work today. Right. And just start moving forward again, like not getting too crazy about all the things that come up with that.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. So I um, just hired a nutritionist and a person and a fitness coach um, and a personal trainer because I, this, my health is like the last part of My well rounded life that's been ignored for way too long. And when you say that, I think back to a few years ago when I was stuck in this like diet phase, right? And I always had to start my diets on Monday. And by Tuesday, I was eating like a whole apple pie. And so, (laughs) and then like the week's done, right? So then I'm like, well, shit, now I might as well just have like chicken fried steak and like all this amazing stuff, right? So I'll never forget, um, because it was always like, I'm starting on Monday, I'm starting on Monday and I would be having a conversation with a friend of mine. He'd be like, when's your diet? We'd be sitting down to eat, and he'd see what I ordered. He'd be like, when's your diet starting? And I'd be like, oh, it's starting on Monday, right? Like, okay. Yeah. So there was this one time that we sat down, and he says, Amber, today's Monday. And I'm like, apparently it's starting next Monday. <laughs> like, the whole, um, my my day, my week, whatever it is, like my plan Um, for whatever period is out the window. So the rest of the week has to go too. Like there's so many people that live their life on that and you can't as an entrepreneur, like you said, you have to give yourself that freedom to say, okay, I didn't get this done today, but tomorrow's a new day. And like forget all of whatever caused you to hibernate the day before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just recently went through, so up till about a year ago, gosh, I was like 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. My health was not good, like on all kinds of medication. And for for five years, every day, I would go, I would start to go to bed and I'd go, you know, tomorrow, I'm just going to go for a walk. Like, I'm just at least going to go for a walk. And then I would wake up the next day and I'd be like, Yeah, that seems a little drastic. And I don't really need to go for a walk. Like, I don't really feel like going for a walk. And uh, yeah, you know, I danced that dance for years. And then, you know, one day it just that same thing about like, you know, the reason I'm in the shape I'm in is because of me. Now, what am I going to do to change it? Like, yeah. And it's a slow, you know, for me, it's a slow process. Like what I had to start, what I started doing was okay. Well, what do like starting to look at what do healthy people do and, you know, parking further away and what, I mean, it seems like such a dopey little thing. (laughs) It seems like such a dopey little thing to like park further away from the front door than the close, you know, instead of looking for the closest spot, but like just that little action of doing that. Like, I think now when I look back, like do I really think it made a big difference in my health, that extra walking distance? Probably not. But what it did was start to shift my brain Mm -hmm. to go, Tom is a healthy person, you know, like this is, Tom is now thinking of himself as a healthy person. And that was the that was the first shift, you know. And then of course, because I'm an entrepreneur, I had to find the most efficient diet and the (laughs) fastest way to lose the weight. And what's the okay, give it to me straight? What is the shortest amount of time I can work out? You know, like again, I'm still trying to
1: benefit. Yes,
0: I'm still trying to avoid the effort, right? I'm still (laughs) trying to avoid the effort. So like an but, you know, for whatever, I found something that finally, like, you know, it was, uh, I could work out 30 minutes, a, 30 minutes, three times a week. And I started doing this diet and it you know, then I started seeing results and then it was like,
1: okay, now yes. you're like
0: excited and all that stuff. and yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I mean, we in, we as Americans, I, I just feel like. We are addicted to comfort, like so much more than maybe other cultures. And so the idea of parking further away than you need to from the door or the idea of like Doing something extra than you need to at work or in your business is ludicrous. Like, why would I ever do that to myself when they put a parking spot right here? Why would I ever take the stairs when they made these magical moving stairs that will just like elevate me to where I want to go? Like, it's so crazy. What, I'm an immigration attorney and it's so crazy when I talk to people from other countries and I'm like, you guys did what? Like, you how, how did you live? Because no. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, I, um,
0: I got so like what I've been doing over the past 30 days is trying to break myself out of those comfortable things. Right. So I signed up to do this. Uh, it was called this controlling the chaos challenge. And it's like, it's put on by a Navy seal. (laughs) right? So here I'm here. I was like, okay, what's the most efficient, shortest time I can work out. To now, it's like, okay, this is your workout today, and it was like the warm-up I thought was going to give me a heart attack, right? I was like, <laughs> the warm-up, I was like, that's the warm-up? like, that's the warm-up, you know, like... Uh, Yeah. It's crazy
1: to see how much you grow though. And, and you know, it's such, it's all part of the journey. It's so amazing. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, because we are coming to the end of the time, but I think this is so powerful. So I want to circle back to it. We are talking about success and you were talking about the, um, Need to pay attention to what your definition of success is as you plan out your future. Um, and one of the other places I think that shows up is when opportunities arise, right? Because as an entrepreneur, we're always going to be having these opportunities. Somebody's always going to be pitching something to us, somebody's always going to be trying to get us to come work for us. And sometimes what they're dangling in front of us is really shiny and really amazing and really tempting. But in the end, it gets us further and further away. Away from our definition of success. And so, if you're not able to step back and really keep that definition of success in the back of your mind or even in the front of your mind, um, you end up spending so much time, effort, energy, and resources on something that takes you in the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with that. Because, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's like we were talking about, you know, people looking at your business, but then You know, when they realize what's involved, not wanting to do it, it's that same kind of thing. Like you may say, like, oh yeah, I want to have a million dollar company, but do you really know what a million dollar company entails? Like now you have to have a team and now you're managing a team and like maybe that that's might not be the kind of life and the way you want to spend your time, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, it is a hard thing to do though, because you know, there's you know, we want to Sometimes we think like oh if I miss this opportunity I'll never have another one or we don't see we don't see the way out. I know that a lot of times that's the case for me like I have to like I have to just relinquish control and be like look okay if I pass on this I don't really see how it's going to work out but I just have to trust that it's going to work out and I'm going to be I'm going to be happier than if I had taken it right? And I think a big part of that is you should, most people, if you're listening to this, do not do what I did. Like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, like even having some type of early on developing the habit of putting some money aside, you know, (laughs) the, the fund that is just like the, the, I'm going to live life my way fund, you know, like, and so that eventually you have the money over there so that you don't have to just take everything that comes your way. You know, yeah, I mean, I got myself into a lot of trouble in the beginning because I needed the money.
1: Yeah, you you and me both, you know, and and you know, I was really glad that you mentioned that because people always say, Oh, I don't have the money to start a business. And while it's not always ideal, I started my law firm with $200 in the bank, it wasn't an amazing place to be in. I mean, your position wasn't an amazing place to be in, but that's where you were. And you, you grew from that and you built something out of it. And so it's just a reminder that like, if you have an idea and you have a passion and you're willing to put in the work for it, the resources you have up front aren't a reason to not do it, but they yeah, definitely absolutely. help yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and um, it can
0: help you with your sanity. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. That's so important. I still don't think I've gotten that back yet. Um, it has been so amazing talking to you. I think that there's been so many valuable points dropped and your story is just so relatable and inspiring to be able to, um, kind of make it through what you've made it through and have the, um, the mindset to take the action that you've taken. So I think that that's really cool. As we wrap up, I would love to do a quick random round and let everybody get to know you a little bit better. Are you okay with that? Okay. All right. Let's do it. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why?
0: You know, I would like to see ancient Greece, you Ooh. know, like the time with like the, you know, I specifically, I've been a philosophy nut for a, for a long time. So it would be great to go see like Socrates or hear Aristotle, or I would be interested to see what life was like for those guys.
1: That's amazing. Um, if you could do any other career other than what you're doing now, what profession would you like to attempt?
0: Uh, I would say I would probably go back to being a professional magician. Okay, but a successful one, right? Yes, a successful one. <laughs> Not getting stuck in handcuffs. <laughs> Not getting stuck in handcuffs. No.
1: I love it. As far as books are concerned, are you an audiobook listener or do you need a physical book in front of you? Physical book. Yeah, I see your bookcase behind you. It is yeah. pretty impressive.
0: I'm a. Um, i am love. I love to read. I really love old, even better old books that I can open up and smell like, oh,
1: just makes, warms my heart. I love it. Are you a highlighter or are you like a sacred page? Don't touch it type of reader. I am not a highlighter. Okay.
0: I mean, I've gotten better. Like I usually use a pencil to make notes now. instead okay. of Highlighting, but I don't like to highlight them.
1: Yeah. I remember talking to, cause I'm a highlighter and I remember talking to somebody asking that question and they were like, why would you ever write in a book? Like that's <laughs> absurd. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, as far as recommendations, what book do you think you've recommended to new entrepreneurs the most or what book would you recommend to them?
0: Boy, that is a great question. A book that really helped me was one called Ready, Fire, Aim.
1: Ooh. I that like was, that. That was a
0: good one. And it really opened my eyes because one of the one of the first things they talk about in there is that if you're a business doing a million dollars or less, your sole focus should be on sales. And that was an eye opener for me because I thought, you know, hey, a million dollars is a pretty thumping company, right? Yeah. Like and it was like, Nope, that's the benchmark, you know. But yeah, that book was really eye opening.
1: Yeah, it's so funny how mindset shift because we talk about million million dollar companies now and that being the mindset. And I can remember graduating from high school, getting ready for my career, saying if I can just make six figures, all my problems are gonna disappear. And now you realize just how low six figures is. and like a million is the new six figures.
0: I remember the day, the moment that I was sitting in my office and I said, if we could just make $10,000 a month, like we would never have another problem. Like I remember <laughs> telling that, you know. I remember that conversation, and it's like, no, there's it. Doesn't I love work it, like that, Tom.
1: I love it. All right, and last, definitely not least, I'm a music nerd, so this question is purely, you know, self self-absorbed um, but I need to know your pump up song like what song just puts you in a good mood you can't have a bad day when you're listening to it oh so
0: I so the, I have a couple songs that I love to put on to boost my mood so one is I love all I um all I do is win you know that song yeah all I do is win 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 like I love to like turn that song before like if I'm gonna do a webinar or a presentation, like. Man, I love to crank that song up and listen to it. Another (laughs) another one that I really like to listen to in the mornings is um, by, uh, oh, shoot, what are their names? The song is called Glorious.
1: Yes, um, it is. Hold on. I know the answer to this. I know exactly what song you're thinking of. Yeah.
0: They've had a bunch of hits. He does kind of the rapping part too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll have to track it down. Um, but I 100% know what you're talking about. Uh, Macklemore.
0: uh, Oh yeah. Macklemore. I could, I, it was escaping me, but yeah. Like I think that song glorious is great.
1: I love it. Well, thanks again, Tom, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all of the insight and value that you gave to the listeners.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun.